Matters from EY. Hello and welcome to Board Matters. This is a podcast from EY for non-executive directors. I'm Kate Chabot and on this edition our theme is long-term value. As always, we'll be speaking to some experts in the field and later we'll be hearing from our reporter, Rick Kelsey. Yes, that's right, Kate. I'm here with Lady Lynn Forrester de Rothschild, founder and CEO for the Coalition for Inclusive Capitalism, to get her thoughts on really how boards can actually better identify actions and create long-term value. Okay, thanks, Rick. Well, let's meet our first guest now, Laurie Gawley, EY Director of Regulatory and Public Policy. Laurie, thanks for joining us. Hello. Hello. We know from our previous podcast that the UK Centre for Board Matters is EY's programme for non-executive directors, providing business insight. What do you expect someone listening now can take away in this 15 minutes or so? So these programs are set up on a quarterly basis to provide board members and NEDs with some rich insights on topics and themes relevant to today's market. Okay, well, also in the studio today is Will Hutton, co-chair of The Purposeful Company and principal of Hartford College. Hello, Will. Hi. And Will's colleague, Claire Chapman. Claire is co-chair of The Purposeful Company, also a non-executive director and REM co-chair of Kingfisher, Weir Group and Hydric and Struggles. Hello, Claire. Okay. Shall we start, first of all, by describing or defining what long-term value is? Claire, do you want to start? The best definition is it's about beating the market over the long term and for that it's it's it there's some great evidence that's come out relatively recently in 2016 that shows that those companies that just try to deliver against stakeholder needs don't beat the market those that beat the market are the ones that invest in their material stakeholders and i think that where companies are defining themselves in terms of of their long-term value as delivering human betterment for a material set of stakeholders that's what really is at the heart of long-term value Mm, so laurie uh, company's purpose is linked to long-term value um what impact does long-term value have on boards As a result of the um, recent changes in the Corporate Governance Code, the the revisions of 2018, um, I think increasingly board members need to demonstrate how they're satisfied that the companies that they represent on their boards are actually communicating their board's purpose, linked to their strategy and so forth. So there's actually a requirement from our UK regulator for boards to take a more active uh, engagement in this area. And Will, do you think long-term value or LTV is sufficiently on board's agendas? No. I think that over the last 20, 30 years, there's been a lot of talk about creating long-term value, but the kind of reality uh, is about meeting... You know, the next quarter, the next year's kind of earnings targets. And actually, I think I think there's been a, a, a whether it be the um, time a chief executive stays in post, the kind of time horizons of um, investment and innovation, everything has been foreshortened. And actually, um, for any incumbent board, there's always value to be extracted from the pre-existing set of assets you've inherited but actually adding value to them for the long term, the incentives in the system just aren't there sufficiently. The truth is when you're on boards, almost every single um, business decision involves trade-offs. So in terms of, of long-term value and its link back to purpose, it's completely meaningless, I think, for boards to be saying that they're focused on delivering to stakeholders and delivering to investors. That means nothing. What 
is really significant is when a board invests time in prioritising who are the material stakeholders and really making some very conscious decisions about what is the contribution they're making, not just to their um, their customers, but also to society more broadly. So uh, my argument would be I don't think boards spend sufficient time on this because they're not necessarily making the decisions about being very conscious about where the sources of long-term value are. So, like taking on what Claire's saying, if boards are not spending enough time on it, it's in the UK, how many do you think are doing it correctly? Too big a question. <laughs> a very big question. I mean, I think I can answer that question going back to the, the revised 2018 Corporate Governance Code. So really, that regulatory intervention is, uh, I think, a force for good in driving the behavior changes that are required for the board. So it's not lost on the UK economy, the benefits of long-term value and the board members' responsibilities. So I think, you know, we, we talk a little bit about the embankment project, which is a bottom a bottom-up approach to driving change. But equally, the regulators and policymakers are identifying this as a really important element and taking a top-down intervention to drive the change. So I think eventually it'll get there. <laughs> and Will, you talked about an existential problem. Is there a better balance to be found between value extraction and value creation? And what is that balance? Without doubt, if you ask the question, what's driven the 40-fold increase in per capita incomes over the last 250 years, um, it is about um, great companies harnessing great technologies to drive productivity levels up. Um, They are the innovators, they are the investors for long-term value. All around us, there are examples of boards uh, not taking this agenda as seriously as they should. And it's a big agenda. It goes from everything about how you pay your top people and incentivize them. It goes to uh, the structure of your shareholder base. How many block holders uh, have you got them? Are they aligned with your purpose? It is about the establishment of your purpose and, and, and how corporate law, company law, um, requires you to do that and into your articles association. It's how you, as a board, having established that, Uh, hold the executives to account for the delivery of that purpose, materially manage the interests of their stakeholders. And by stakeholders, we mean um, the workforce, we mean actually the supply chain, and we mean customers. And their interests have to be traded off. It's inescapable. If you sit in any board, that's what you have to do. And this has to be self-conscious. It has to be deliberative. And it has to be um, everybody engaged in the process of creating long-term value. I think that's right, Will. In in a way, we do see ourselves as ecosystem warriors because there are some very deep um, incentives across the investment chain which do need addressing if we're going to take this agenda seriously. So, for instance, just on executive pay, you know, it's, it's an emotive subject, but if you really strip that out and look at what matters, what really matters is looking at incentives over the long term. Well, thank you to all three of you for the moment. Next up, we have our reports from Rick Kelsey and we'll meet Professor Colin Mayer. (laughs) 
This is Board Matters and I'm Kate Chabot. On this podcast, we're delighted to welcome back Lady Lynn Forrester de Rothschild, who is the founder and CEO of the Coalition for Inclusive Capitalism. She's with our reporter, Rick Kelsey. That's right, Kate. I'm here with Lady Lynn Forrester de Rothschild. Happy to be here. Tell us about the embankment project and how that's assisted long-term value. Well, an important part of the embankment project was that we had 30 CEOs involved and $32 trillion of assets under management. So we were not in the clouds thinking about what creates long-term value. Mm. We had corporations talking to portfolio managers, so it was market-driven analysis of what aspects of your customer, of your employee base, of your supply chain, are actually part of what goes into a long-term strategy that creates long-term value. When it comes to that long-term strategy and that you know, long-term value, how much do you think that boards actually need to change their way of thinking? So in my experience with boards, and I've been on the board of Estee Lauder for 18 years. I was on the board of Economist Group for 18 years. Um, I definitely see a move toward the board feeling obligated to find a way to measure these things. Mm. A final one of those, you know, kind of magic three words, LTV. How can boards engage stakeholders in the need to focus on their long-term value? I think stakeholders are engaging boards. So stakeholders are coming to corporations. It is much more likely now that a board member will be asked by an asset manager to sit down to talk about compensation structures or to talk about a long-term strategy than ever before. I think a board wants to know that the company is playing its role with the community, with employees, with customers, with all the stakeholders. Well, thanks very much, Lady Lynn. And back to you in the studio, Kate. Rick, thank you. And we'll meet our final guest next. Board Matters. Well, joining us on the line now is Professor Colin Mayer from Said Business School of the University of Oxford. Colin, you're involved with EPIC, which we've just heard Lady Lynn Forrester de Rothschild talk about. Is there an urgency to focus more on long-term value now? Very much so. It's become critical that companies recognise and institutions recognise the importance of long-term investing because our climate, our societies, our politics depend on it. Business is very much under threat. The societies and environment in which we live are under threat. And a lot of that is a consequence of an inadequate consideration of the long-term. Now, you're leading a research programme called The Future of the Corporation at the British Academy. Do you think there's an appetite for change amongst businesses and their stakeholders? There's a very strong appetite for change amongst businesses. They recognise the problem. Many of them are very committed to the notion of corporate purposes beyond just profitability. They feel constrained in terms of what they can do by the nature of the markets in which they operate. They want to have a greater degree of support from their institutional investors in particular in achieving it. So that is why an alignment between the interests of asset owners, asset managers 
and asset creators, namely firms, is so important. So what needs to happen next? The next stages involve bringing together the three parties of the asset chain, that is to say the owners, the managers and the creators, the firms. And in particular, there's a critical need to be able to measure performance appropriately. That is to say, to take account of not just material and financial capital, but also human, natural and social capital, and to provide the mechanisms by which we can reflect those in accounting, in the way in which companies report what they are doing, the way in which investors and owners make their decisions. Colin, thank you for joining us. It's a pleasure. Now, before we close this podcast, let's get some final thoughts from our three studio guests. Laurie, what's next for EPIC? Well, without a doubt, EPIC will continue. I mean, we've heard from Professor Meyer, Will, Claire, all of the the great reasons as to why this needs to continue. Um, with the strength of the 30 companies engaging on this uh, initiative, as well as the regulator and policymakers in the UK leaning in on this topic, I think without a doubt it will continue. Um, and it will take all of us on this podcast and the board members listening to really drive that change. No pressure. Uh, will, are incentives essential to long-term value? Absolutely. And one of the one of the things that's gone wrong, I think, over the last 30 years um, is the way the payments for the leadership team uh, have been so closely geared to short term share price performance. Uh, Big annual bonuses, um, 100 percent of the of a base salary and over and above that um, kind of long term incentive plans, so-called long term incentive plans, they really last longer than three years. Everything geared to kind of short-term delivery of the share price. And that accents uh, every board faced with that incentive structure is incentivized to e- extract value from the assets that they inherit rather than think about how they're going to add value to those assets and pass them on in better shape to those who will succeed them. That is not the kind of question that boards kind of organise and think about. So, Claire, from what Will says, there's a heck of a lot of work to do there. What are the next steps for non-executive directors? Well, I I actually come from a position of being relatively optimistic because if we look at some of the recent changes around board's attention to matters such as diversity and natural capital, because of the pull of asset owners and asset managers, it proves that... Um, the agenda on boards can shift. In terms of the mindset that's being applied in boards, going beyond short-term value, what is the purpose of the firm? What is its role in the world? And what is it looking to do in terms of, of betterment for its material stakeholders? I then think translating that into a set of metrics, it is completely unacceptable that the accounting system just focuses on financial metrics. I think given the importance of intangibles in terms of the creation of value, what firms are trying to do, what boards are trying to do, is to express that in a new set of metrics. And I think the epic work really shines the way in terms of of what needs to be looked at. Claire, Will and Laurie, it's been great talking to you. Thanks very much for joining us. Pleasure. Thanks, Kate. Thank you.
Well, we hope you found our discussion useful. If you'd like more information on what we've discussed on the podcast or would like more information about UKCBM, you can email neds at uk.ey.com. That's neds at uk.ey.com. Our thanks to our experts for being on the podcast and for sharing their thoughts. We'll be back later in the year. So until then, from me, Kate Chabot, and everyone here, goodbye. Board Matters, back soon.